Well, good morning, everyone. I want to thank the band for the amazing job that they do week after week. We really appreciate you guys uh, leading us in worship. Um, and thank you guys for being here. It's so great to see everyone. You guys look happy. You look uh, refreshed. Nice. And for everybody online, we are grateful that you join us as well. Before we get started, I want to share a couple of things that are going on at uh, Crosspoint Christian Church. First of all, if it's your first time here or if you're not receiving our online or emails or online announcements or things like that, maybe even texts, I would um, highly encourage you to uh, either fill out a form that we have, a physical form, or if you want to go online to our website, you scroll all the way down to the first in the first page and way in the bottom, there's a digital form that you want to fill out. And um, that'll put you in our uh, list of uh, recipients. And mainly, you know, you get newsletters, you know about events that are happening. And I want to share, uh, and we, obviously we want to stay in contact with you. There is an event coming up this coming Saturday. It's a women's event, but it's, we got something for everybody, so listen up. First of all, you should know there's about 60 women signed up. And I didn't know we had 16 women in our congregation, but apparently we do. Or that means that some of you are inviting your friends, colleagues, relatives, which is great. We always want to be reaching out to people outside of our four walls, or in this case, you know, our, our, our building. Um, and so it's, it's this Saturday. We, will, we need everybody RSVP. So if there's any ladies 15 years or older, if you're 14 and three quarters, I'm sure they'll let you slide. But we would love to have as many of you as possible. Sounds like it's going to be a really great event for which you'll be blessed. So we would encourage you to sign up online as well. For some of the guys, you'll probably get uh, a text either from me, from Lance or somebody. We're going to need some help setting up. You know, these women don't just have an event. They have an elaborate event. I understand there's going to be fire pits, not a pit, fire pits. You know, they're still going to keep the social distancing and all that. So it's going to be quite the event. And so we need helpers. But we'll, we'll give you more information on that uh, in case you want to come in and help. I want to thank the people that are here on Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. setting up. For the few of you, uh, I thank you. There's both guys and, and ladies here uh, setting up chairs. Did you know that every chair that is set up, I got to tell you, most of you guys don't know this. Every chair that is set up, uh, we have the intent that wherever you're sitting, you should be able to see me. So if I move, you know, relatively right around here, you should be able to see me. That does not happen by accident. You should, we should probably record so you guys can see what happens on, on Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. There's, it's, it's a whole process. If you're one of those people that come, thank you. Uh, there's a couple people that started coming in the last couple weeks. So if you want to come and help and just be involved, we invite you to come around Sunday morning at 7. We'd love to have you help us out. I think that's it for announcements. We're really happy to have you, and we need to get going. So, yeah. I'll mention the various Bible classes that we have online throughout the week as we uh, go through our message. I want to do something a little bit different today. Rather than leaving our taking of communion at the end, and sometimes, you know, I don't know what happens with our digital clock here, our timer, but it seems to, right, the last 10 minutes just disappears on me. And so rather than waiting to the last minute, um, we want to take communion now, and we're going to have a word of prayer and a time of reflection. And I want to share one verse that has to do with what it means for us to come together and take communion. I'm going to read from 1 Peter Chapter 2, sorry, chapter 3, verses 18, just 18. 
So one verse, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Listen to this. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Beautiful key verse. It says, for Christ also suffered once for sins. So we could definitely set up a series of studies and messages from this one verse. Christ suffered once for sins. Whose sins did he suffer for? Your sins. My sins. Which sins did he suffer for? That, this, he suffered for our sins 2,000 years ago. He suffered for your past, present, and future sins. Super important. Why? That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. And so when we take communion together, we celebrate, we recognize, we remember the fact that God took on flesh some 2,000 years ago, as represented by this bread, this unleavened bread, a symbol of uh, Christ's holy, perfect, sinless body. And then we take of the juice symbolizing his blood that was shed for our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Life is in the blood. And when Jesus hung on that cross, something, beloved, that if you're like me and grew up in church, or have been in church for 40 years, hard to understand, impossible really to comprehend, that God the Creator, the Holy One, would even take on flesh and that he would offer himself as a sacrifice or a payment for our sins. And he sheds his blood in order to pay for our sins. And so keeping that in mind, that is what binds us together. That is what is most important to the Christian faith. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our Lord, on our behalf, the just dying for the unjust. So let's take that and keep in mind, uh, let's pray, and we'll take that together. Gracious Father, we're so grateful to you for this wonderful morning, and we thank you for allowing us to gather in your name, to sing praises to you, for we recognize your worthiness, and also to celebrate communion, Lord's table, in which you recognize the sacrifice that you made by giving your son for this world as a payment for our sins. And Lord Jesus, we praise you and we forever thank you for the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. And Holy Spirit, it is only through your illumination that we're able to understand and believe these amazing truths. So we thank you and we praise you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And you may also take of the cup. This morning, it is my privilege to share God's word with you. And what we're going to do is we're going to uh, talk about the road to Christian success. The road 
to Christian success. Now, the, the success as defined by Christianity and the Bible is very different from uh, how success is defined by our culture, our society, and our world. Uh, I believe to, to define success for a Christian is to live a life that resembles that of our Lord Jesus Christ as we get to know him through his word. Christ-likeness, to live a life that brings honor and glory to our Heavenly Father. And so today, uh, in the next 27 minutes, we're going to talk about the road to Christian success. And we're going to use somebody that we don't talk very often about, Ezra. Old Testament, some Old Testament good stuff, Ezra. And we're also going to look at uh, Psalms, chapter, the first Psalm, verses 1 through 3. But I have a key verse that I want to start this off with, and it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, and it says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And the main point of today's message is this. Christians who are constantly growing in Christ-likeness bring honor and glory to God. You know, there's nothing better than as a parent seeing your children grow especially in a way that you would want them to grow, right? As they become more responsible and they become more caring for people and they, and they become, uh, you know, uh, interested in the things of God. There's, as a parent, I, would, I, I don't know, I, I value that a lot more than, than a, maybe an educational degree or, or a great job or a pay, big paycheck. If they're still living at home, I would definitely appreciate that as well, you know, having them bring that in. But nothing compares to me seeing my children grow in the way that I believe God would want them to grow up. And I believe it's the same for us as Christians. Our Heavenly Father's desire is for us to grow. And he tells us, Peter does, that as newborn babies, we are to desire the pure milk of the Word of the word so that we can grow by it. And so when we talk about the road to Christian success, how do we become successful Christians? That, that almost sounds a little strange, but how do we become more like Christ? The answer is through his word. And beloved, if there's something that I would want for us as a congregation, it's for us, all of us, to grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ by becoming great disciples of Jesus Christ, great disciples of the word. I believe that's one of the greatest gifts that was given to me even from childhood. Growing up in a church where we were told, we were encouraged, you know, to be good disciples of the word, you know, to study your Bible, to not take just whatever the preacher says, but to really get into the word and find out what it is that we believe, why we believe it. And so, let me tell you now, one thing that I don't want for us as a church and for me as a senior pastor of a congregation is for me to become this excellent speaker, very knowledgeable pastor, and then you guys just come on a Sunday morning to listen to me. To me, that will be a complete failure in my part as a pastor. On the other hand, success for me as a pastor would be to find that whoever God gives or entrusts me or our leadership in our church, that we would together grow daily, weekly, monthly, yearly 
as the decades go by, that we would all grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and that through that knowledge we will be transformed to be more like Him and that would be reflected in everything that we are, everything that we do. From youngest to oldest, whether you've been at this or any other Christian church for a month or you've been at this or any other church all of your life, that we would all continue to grow through the Word. That is my true desire and purpose for dedicating my life to, to being a pastor here at Crosspoint. Now, that means all of us have an individual responsibility to be good disciples of the Word. And our responsibility as a church is to help you along that road, to encourage you, to give you the tools, to admonish you sometimes and to maybe correct you every once in a while and bring you back to the fold and, and, and say, hey, let's, let's, let's start over together. Let's continue on. That's how I define success as a church. And Lord willing, um, you know, I say Lord willing because God is above all, of course, but especially now with COVID, you know, uh, building availability and what we're able to do and how we're able to gather has changed our our plans and our ability to do things that we wanted to do them. But Lord willing, starting the next year, 2021, we hope to be able to roll out our new simple discipleship process. And a big part of that, a big part of that is going to be our Sunday morning worship experience like we are having right now. And hopefully soon we'll be able to have it in our new facility, renovated facility. But even if we don't have it there, we'll have it here. But a big component is also going to be small groups, growth groups. And for some of you, you're thinking like, yeah, you know, I need to connect with people. I need to find, you know, get to know and, and be known. And then a lot of you are like, ah, small groups are not my thing. You know, I'd rather just come to church and chill, listen, and then go home and go about my business. Beloved, we're really saying, if you're going to be part of Crosspoint, we want you to be consistent in coming on Sunday mornings and experiencing and worshiping God. And then the expectation is for all of us to be engaged in small groups, small growth groups, where you get to engage with people, get to know and do Christian life together as it was meant to do, to be done and lived. And in there, you're going to be encouraged to really get into the word. You know, if you've never, if you're, uh, uh, if you're one of those Christians that's been in church for a while, you've never read through the Bible. And right now you're getting that weird feeling in your tummy because you know you should have already read it by now. We want to help you with that. If you, if you still don't like sharing your faith because you know you don't know the word that, you know, it's somewhere in there. It's, it's like, it's John 3.16. You should know that one by now, all right? We should, we should be people of the word. And we want to help you with that. And we think that the simple discipleship process that we're developing and going to be rolling out soon is going to help you with that. But we really hope that we're all ready for it to be transformed by the power of the word. And so the road to Christian success, let's get to it. I want to share two uh, scriptures with you, Psalms 1, 1 through 3, and then as one verse from Ezra, Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. Really interesting verse. Ezra's a very interesting person, and 
We have 20 minutes left, and we're not going to get to discuss everything we want to. So here we go. I'm grateful that I, I was encouraged to learn the first psalm by heart many, many years ago. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man and the woman. Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also should not wither. And I can assure you that as an 11-year-old, this stood out to me. And it has for the last 34 years. Some of you guys are still doing the math. I'll give you a second. All right. Okay. You know how old I am now. And, and listen to this. Whose leaf also should not wither, and everything or whatever he does shall prosper. I don't know about you. That sounds to me like a pretty successful life. Everything that I do will prosper? I want that. I want that. I want to prosper in my marriage. I want to prosper as a, as a father. I want to prosper as an employee, as an employer. I want to prosper as a, as a teammate. I want to prosper as a friend, as a community member. I want to prosper. I want to be able to experience prosperity. And I'm not talking about money necessarily. That's also nice. But I want to be able to prosper in everything that I do so that everybody around me gets to prosper as well. If I prosper as a parent, my children benefit from that as a pastor and, and, so, and so on. So, blessed is the person. Look at Ezra 7.10. And so, these, these two portions of Scripture are actually very complementary. But Ezra is, is an example of somebody who whose approach to the word was spot on. And so this one verse tells us Ezra's attitude towards the word of God. Ezra was a, a priest slash scribe. He was part of the uh, uh, second group that came out of captivity in Babylon, back to Jerusalem. Uh, really great person, it's believed that he wrote not just Ezra, but also Nehemiah. He's a contemporary of Nehemiah and others. Very interesting individual. I was hoping to talk more about him, but we don't have a lot of time. But we're going to find out something really great about him that could transform our lives. Ezra 7.10 says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach the statutes and ordinances in Israel. That little tiny verse is so key. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So let us, let us pray. So that's the Lord's guidance for to this message. Heavenly Father, again, we're grateful that as a congregation, here physically but also online, we get to unite and spend this time together in order to seek you through your word. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us, that you would teach us, and that you will transform us. I thank you for my brothers and sisters, and I pray for your blessing as we spend this time in your word. We ask in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Very good. So here's what we're going to do. We got four points. We got 16 minutes. That means we got four minutes per point. We're going to fly through this. 
And I got about 12 verses in each point, so here you go. Here's what we're going to do. Ezra's approach to the Word of God teaches us the road to Christian success. Ezra's approach to the Word of God teaches us the road to Christian success. You want to be successful as a Christian? Follow Ezra's example. So let's take a look at Ezra's example here by just looking at one verse, Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. So the first thing we see Ezra doing is this. Ezra prepared his heart. And I try to make it easy so all key words start with the letter P. He prepared his heart. Let me share some verses that have to do with preparing of the heart. Psalms 1, 1 and 2 that we read is key. It says, Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. You know what that is? That is a preparation of the heart. That means we don't approach God's word without preparing our heart, and we don't prepare our heart properly by going and being worldly or sinful or hanging out with worldly and sinful people doing worldly and sinful things. We got to cleanse ourselves from these things. We got to turn from these things if we're going to prepare our hearts to seek the Lord. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How do you prepare your heart? By being careful as to what you value and where you invest your treasures. Because where you invest your treasures, your heart will follow. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. We have to guard our heart if we're going to prepare to receive and approach God's word. 1 Peter 2.1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice. So 1 Peter 2.2 was our key verse, but look at before the verse 2 is, is uh, seen, we see verse 1. It says, therefore, laying aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow by it. Over and over, we see this pattern in the word. Before you're able to properly approach the word of God, you have to prepare your heart. You can't. And this is, I believe, why so many of us, so many Christians are confused about what it is to live the Christian life. And we're confused. We're, we're dumbfounded by the fact that we can be at church praising God with an emotional high, and then two days later, we're in the spiritual dumps, and over and over and over. And some people never get out of this pattern. May I suggest to you, in big part, is because we've never dealt with the sin in our lives, the distractions and the idols, and so we're never ever really able to properly approach the Word of God. We need to prepare our hearts Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us first lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Same pattern. Let's get rid of the bad in us so that we can approach the Word of God properly. Daniel 1.8 says, Daniel purposed in his heart, not to defile himself with the portions of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He prepared his heart. If, if we start our week not preparing our heart to seek the Lord, we're going to fail, beloved. 
Ezra prepared his heart. Not only did he prepare his heart, but he also pursued God's word. To pursue is to be actively engaged in some type of action to pursue God's word, meaning it's not just going to happen. I'm going to sit right here and just let the preacher preach. The word will come. And yeah, there's obviously some benefit to that. Don't stop attending church services. I very much enjoy listening to to, uh, preachers. I think we have some of the great, I'm not about great, some of the greatest, best teachers out there on the radio or on, online, easily accessible, 24-7. Let's take advantage of that. But pursue God's word. Ezra pursued God's word. What I mean by that? Ezra says that Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, to seek it. Let me share a couple of verses that have to do with pursuing or seeking. Matthew 6, says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And here it is again. All these other things shall be added to you. Christian success. Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, and God will take care of you. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all of your heart. God says, You know, so many people out there, where's God? Well, seek him. God says, seek me. Seek me with your heart and you will find me. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. There's again that pattern. The positive and the negative. We need to pursue God's word. And of course, then the question becomes, how are you pursuing God's word? Or how do we pursue God's word? There's so many ways, you know. Open the Bible and read it. That will be a form of pursuing God's word. Tune in. Go to church. Tune in online. Find some good teachers that you can hear God's word being preached. Use your your Bible app on your phone to have somebody else read you the word while you're driving or or whatever, you know. Maybe you got to turn off the radio, whatever. What do you guys listen to? If somebody went to your car right now and started scrolling through your saved, yeah, yeah, you know, your, your saved uh, radio stations, what are we going to find there? Love songs on the radio, whatever it is. The point is we need to seek God. Um, I mentioned that you know, we have various Bible studies online throughout the week. Um, this past Wednesday, the men's Bible study group changed their schedule, which has allowed me to be part of it. Um, and it's now Wednesdays at 9 p.m. What are you doing at Wednesdays at 9 p.m.? That kind of frees up the schedule right there, right? Some of you guys are probably asleep. I don't know. So Wednesdays at 9 p.m., men, we'll see you guys online. Go online, you'll see that. Right? Tuesdays and Thursdays, 8 p.m., 8 to 9 p.m., Bible studies with Pastor Mike. There's women's Bible studies. There's, uh, I know Monique's, uh, Sarah Brummel has a, a women's class, I believe, Tuesdays around 6 or 7. Uh, Monique has another group. Teresa has a group. And they're all online, by the way. All I'm saying, we want to do our best to make it easy for you to access or to seek But ultimately, it has to be you. You have to seek it. We're here to help and encourage you. 
So Ezra prepared his heart, he pursued God's word, and then he also performed the word of God. He was a doer of the word. So important. And you have to do all of these. And you have to do them in this order as well. If not, it breaks down. It doesn't work. You have to prepare your heart if you're really going to seek God's word. If you're seeking God's word, but there's sin in your life, and it's a mess, and full of idols, it's just not going to work. You prepare your heart, you pursue God's word, and then as, you, as you're in taking God's word, you need to perform it, you need to be a doer of the word. Listen to James 1.22, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Luke 6.46 says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things that I tell you? And Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of God. You know, if you just pursue and you gain all this information, we never want to just study the word uh, so that we could just gain information. Because all that does normally, it just puffs you up. And before you know it, we'll have a congregation full of uh, theologians that aren't being transformed by the Word of God. And that's very problematic. You might say, like, well, Mike, how do I know if I'm doing it right? I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm listening. You know, one of the, one of, I think the simple, I like to keep things simple. If you're not growing in humility, you're doing something wrong. The more you know about the Bible and the more you know about the Word, the more humble you should be. And so if you read the Bible through, and then the first thing you do when you finish the last verse of Revelation is you go to church and say like, hey, have you read the Bible all the way through? All the way through, like all the verses. Because, you know, I did. I did. Twice. And you're not growing in humility. You're growing in pride. Something's wrong. And it's probably because as you're reading the Word, you're not being a doer of the word. We need to be doers of the word, beloved. And don't be afraid. You might say, I already read the Bible and I did it all. Now what? What do I do with the rest of my life? Well, one, you're never going to exhaust the knowledge and wisdom of the word. So don't be afraid of reading it a hundred times over. And second, nobody does the word of God completely all the time. So you'll never get there. And that doesn't mean we don't keep trying. We want to study as much as we can. We want to be doers of the word for the rest of our lives. And since Christ's likeness is our standard and you won't ever reach it completely and perfectly, we keep going forward. All right? And you won't find a dead end. So don't worry about that. Last thing. So Ezra prepared his heart. He pursued God's word, and he performed God's word. And then what did he do? It says, Ezra 7.10, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord, or the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. Huh. He prepared his heart. He pursued God's word. He performed God's word. And then he passed it on. He taught it. I was going to use the word pedagogy. But I was like, oh, relax, Mike. That was my my teacher in me. You know, the art and science of teaching. It had a P. It would have worked. It would have worked. 
but you pass it on. You don't keep it for yourself. And it just makes sense. If you would find this treasure that blesses you and transforms you, the natural thing to do is to want to share it with somebody else. Start with your loved ones. Then start with your neighbors. And then continue with your co-workers until you get to your frenemies and enemies and the people that don't like you or the people you don't like. Ooh. Share the word. Pass it on. Pass it on. You know, uh, this was a big, big verse last week. 2 Timothy 2.2. Paul says to Timothy, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. Paul, to Timothy, to faithful people, so they could teach others. And so it goes. And you don't have to know everything so you can start teaching others. I'll tell you again as I'm running out of time. My pastor, Salvador Delgado, was invited to church as a second grader by another second grader. And all he said was, you ever been to Sunday school? And my pastor was like, Sunday school? I go to school Monday through Friday. What are you trying to pull over me here? What do you do at Sunday school? We learn all about the Savior. That's all it took. My pastor, Salvador, I want to learn about the Savior. Preached for 60 years. Passed on the word to countless people. And now I'm passing it to you because he passed it to me. And all for God's glory. We need to pass it on. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Small groups, that's what we want you to do. We want you to learn the word and want you to teach each other. You're going to have a teacher as well. And, and ultimately, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. We want to create that community where the word of God is the most important, the authority Ultimate authority for what we believe and what, how we act and behave and live our lives. We're excited. I hope you are too. Beloved, the road to Christian success. We prepare our hearts. We pursue God. We perform the word of God. We, we're doers of it. And then we pass it on. If you do that, you will be blessed. You will be blessed and you will experience spiritual success. You might still be poor. That's all right. You might still be sick. That's okay. You might still fill in the blank. But we will grow in Christ-likeness and honor him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you once again for allowing us this time. We praise you. We thank you. We thank you for your word, for you giving us your word. We pray for forgiveness for we know we neglected. We ask that as a congregation, you would strengthen us and give us a desire to pursue you with all of our hearts through your word. We ask for your blessing as we dismiss. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.